What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. This week, I'm going to share with you an interview that I did a couple of months ago, but I'm excited to release it here on the Makeshift Happen podcast because in this interview, I tell a really important story about the time that I got fired from my dream job. And the reason that this story is so important is because it was a major, major lesson for me around how to trust the universe. And I know that trust and surrender and letting go and belief is one of the hardest parts of the manifestation process for so many of us, right? It's easy for us to get clear on the idea of where we're going and what we want for our life. It's easy for us to find ways to get into a higher vibration. It's even arguably easy for us to embody that future version of ourselves and start acting as if and approaching life through the lens with, you know, that we would if we already had the thing. But I think the hardest part is what about when things aren't actually going well? What about when it actually feels like the thing that you wanted or that you thought was right is getting ripped away from you. What do you do then? You know, how does that challenge your faith and your trust and your belief that the universe does have your back and that everything is falling into place and that life is happening for you and not to you? And so that's what this story is about. And we talk about a lot of other things, but I just know that that story is going to resonate with so many of you. So I'm excited to share it here on the show. And I did want to give you a quick reminder that the reset challenge for 2022 is going to be going live next week. Okay. So make sure you're following along on Instagram at underscore Samantha Daily or that you are on my email list. If you're not already on my email list and you want to receive my Monday motivation emails, you can just go to SamanthaDaily.com and subscribe. And anywhere on the homepage, but being in these two spaces is really going to help you stay on top of what's happening in my world and the current things that we're doing. But I'm very, very excited about the reset challenge. As you know, it's a 10 day commitment to move, meditate, and manifest for the first two weeks of the new year. So we are going to start the new year off really strong in community with other like-minded women doing these practices that are really going to help set the tone and the intention for the rest of 2022. I'm going to provide you with all of the workouts, yoga flows, guided meditations, and daily mini manifestation challenges so you don't have to worry about anything. All you have to do is show up. Tickets are going to be $55 US dollars and if you already know that you want to be in this challenge and you want to participate, Start getting your friends involved. Tell your best friends or your mom or your sister or anybody else in your circle who you know is in this into this type of stuff that would want to do it with you because I think having a real life accountability buddy is going to be super helpful in addition to the virtual kind of group accountability that we're going to offer throughout the program. But anyway, just wanted to give you that heads up. Keep your eyes peeled. Next week, tickets for the Reset Challenge go on sale, so be ready for that. And without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to the Makeshift Happen podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Daly, entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie, here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up-level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down if you're coming along for the ride. Let's go Makeshift Happen.
there's so much I've been jotting down as I've picked up from your story that I'd love to dive deeper into. Something that really strikes me is your ability to, I always say, like follow the breadcrumbs. So it sounds like sort of one foot in front of the other. You were pretty present, but there must have been this enormous amount of trust, enormous amount of um yeah being okay with taking risks and not knowing because presumably at any point that could have gone wrong you know that could have that fear of survival could have come in and you could have thought you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the well-trodden path so do you is that something you've built or do you feel that you've always had some sort of innate trust in life I love this question because it's something that I have really had to like ponder recently. And I think I have really, I've been fortunate to have, whether it's, you know, my personality type or my human design or my astrology or whatever makes me up to be who I am. I think, yes, belief in myself has been an innate part of like who I am forever. So I feel really lucky and fortunate to have that because I know being able to access that level of self-trust for a lot of other people is more difficult. It is more challenging. It is more of a journey and a practice than it may have to be for me. Um, so yeah, I think I naturally have a certain level of, of belief in myself and trust in myself of like, even if this totally falls flat and it doesn't work out, I trust myself that I will figure out what to do next. Right. But I think we all can choose that to some degree as well of like, you know, just leaning on your life and your experiences in general and recognizing that you're always going to have your back because when it, when push comes to shove and you're put in a difficult position and something's not working anymore, or you're ready to move on from something, or you want to take a leap to try something new, you will be there for you if you want to be. And that in, in some ways is a choice of, I choose to trust myself that I will have my back, that I'm smart and I'm resourceful. And I have people that love me hopefully in my life that I know I can lean on if I need to. And so I'm going to take this one beautiful, precious life that I have, and I'm going to squeeze everything out of it. And if it doesn't always go my way, well, then I'm going to be able to sit and think critically and make the next right choice. What's really interesting about what you just said is that you trust yourself, not that you, you know, a lot of people that we speak to, and and I'd be guilty of this for sure, is this idea of trusting in life, trusting in the process, trusting in the universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I just think there's a distinction there because you very much put it on yourself. I trust and believe in myself. And it's interesting, yesterday I came across um, a video on Facebook, someone that I know, and she was saying the same sort of thing. It's this idea of we can procrastinate so much about the right and wrong decisions or answers, but the real question should be, do you trust yourself? So whether you make the quote unquote right or wrong decision, do you trust yourself to be able to support yourself through what might be deemed the wrong decision or the right decision? And I think, do you see there to be a distinction between trusting yourself and say, trusting some higher power or the universe or the bigger plan? Well, I think, yeah, I love this conversation because I think there's room for both. And I think there's an importance 
and a benefit to having both, you know, like I definitely, I think at my foundation, at my core, when I was younger, it was really just like self-belief. I can do it. You know, it's all up to me. I'll make it happen. I'll make it work. But the more that I've gone into my own sort of like spiritual journey, I have uncovered another element of this sort of like faith or trust, which is in the universe, in life, as you speak about, in knowing that things are happening for me and not to me. And so even if I'm met with a challenge or what looks like a setback or, you know, what looks like an obstacle that I can lean into the trust that there's something in this that is designed for me. There's a lesson, there's a teaching, there's a strengthening of my spirit, of my character, of my knowing of something that's going to come out of this difficult, painful, uncertain experience, whatever that may be. So I love that you've brought that up because I think if we can have, if we can integrate bits of both, that's when we become really unstoppable in following our desires and creating our life by design rather than by default, because we're like, I got me. And also the universe has got me. So like, let's fucking go, you know? Yeah. So it's a very much a co-creative process. And I think what I'm hearing is it's like this action versus alignment. I think sometimes on that spiritual path, there can be this belief that everything is happening through us and therefore there's no need for too much action. And we'll get into business a bit more in in a little while. But I think that's so relevant when it comes to business, because if you don't do the things and sometimes the things that feel uncomfortable and feel like a massive stretch, um, you might not get where you want to go. And I know many of my clients find that balance hard. Like, is it, you know, am I supposed to be doing this if it feels hard? Is this still aligned? Wouldn't the universe just make this seamless and easy and simple for me and so it's this constant dance Mm. between your own personal responsibility and that of the support of something bigger yes yes and you know the more that we kind of unpack this I'm realizing that there is such we can draw such a beautiful connection here between you know I think it, it is important to dance between these two areas because if we go too far in either one, we become imbalanced, right? And so I'm seeing like the masculine and feminine energies of this masculine energy of like deep self, self-trust, but also believing that like everything is on my shoulders and it's up to me to make it work and manipulate it so that it works and force it and control it and push it. But then on the other side of the coin is that very feminine energy, which is, you know, I'm trusting and receiving and things are going to unfold as they are meant to. And there's so much beauty in that. But also if we just sit in the waiting for things to unfold, we miss a lot of opportunities, right? And so it's an integration of both of those pieces of like, yes, life is happening for us, not to us. And there's, there's opportunities for us to sit back and choose to trust and receive, but we also need to be taking action and moving forward on our own accord. Right. And that is like what it means to co-create ultimately. It's not just, I'm going to let you do your thing universe. So if it feels hard, it must mean that it's not right for me. So I'm just going to give up or sit back or wait. And it's also not, I'm going to force and push and do everything all myself and not allow any space for trust because F you universe, I don't see you out here, you know, dealing with my struggles or my pain. So I'm not trusting you. 
right? It's neither this or that. It's that beautiful integration of allowing for both. 100%. I, I like to see it as a sort of a call and response. It's like a participation. You know, there's this ongoing relationship. And I suppose that's why this work, the spiritual development, personal development, the business development, it's ongoing work. It's not uh, it's, you don't get to the end, you know, and I think again, and sometimes the coaching industry really upholds this, the promotion of this one way or this seven step system, and then you've nailed it. But it sort of pulls us out of actually learning to build that relationship, that co-creative process between us and yeah, and whatever it is that we feel is holding and supporting us. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So could you give us, I think it'd be really helpful for, oh, I know what I want to ask you. What is your human design? You mentioned it. Yeah. So I, I'm not an expert in human design and I don't know too much about it, but I'm so intrigued by it and I love learning more about it, but I am a manifesting generator. You're an MG. Majority of my clients are MGs. So lots of people listening to this will be like, so I had to ask <laughs> you. Um, I'm a manifester. So what I was going to ask you next is, could you give us an example of a time in your life where you were trusting this process, things seemed to be unfolding well, but perhaps something, there was like a bump in the road. And when you've had to pull on this, you know, in real time and exercise your own skills of resilience, strong mindset, and trust that although something is tricky, it's still part of the process. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that really comes to mind when I, when I think about this is I'll kind of give a little background to this story just so that everybody can kind of like follow as to where I was at when this happened. Um, but so during my time when I was here in Spain, I was originally teaching English in schools, kind of like I mentioned. And then obviously that wasn't like fully aligned for me, although my entrepreneurial archetype is teacher. And I've always had this weird desire or call to be a teacher, but it wasn't a classroom teacher, right? It was a different kind of teacher. So it was, um, it was part of my evolution. It was part of my path, but anyway, I wanted to kind of find a way to move a little bit away from teaching and get into something that felt more aligned with this personal development, spiritual development journey. And so I came across this internship for an influencer in the space who was running like a mindset, um, meditation, yoga company, and they needed an assistant and it was an unpaid position. Um, I was 24 at the time I was working full time in the schools and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. Um, we'll see what happens. Cause it just feels in alignment. And so I did. And out of all the people that applied miraculously, I got the job, even though I already had a full-time job and they knew that <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so I'm so supported right now. This is such a, an amazing, beautiful step in the right direction of where I'm trying to go in the work that I want to do. And so it was a really incredible experience getting to work with them and see the behind the scenes of their business and help them run retreats in Mykonos and in Bali. And I got to go on those retreats and facilitate. And it was a really expansive experience. And then um, I worked for them for a while unpaid. And then they actually made me a paid employee. So I was able to leave while I left my job before they made me a paid employee. That was a leap of faith. <laughs> I quit my job. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll be unemployed for a while and I'll figure it out. That was one leap of faith, but then they made me a, a paid employee. And I was like, see, I'm so supported. The universe is coming in to help me. Like this is 
right. This is where I'm meant to be. And so it felt really, really good. And then that is why it felt so shocking and scary when all of a sudden one day they said, we have to let you go starting now, starting today. And so the rug was just pulled out from under me. I had, you know, quit all of my other jobs. I'm now unemployed. I'm, I'm living in a foreign country. So it's a little bit more of a dicey situation trying to figure out in what areas you can work in and things like that. So that was a moment for sure where I was like, I actually questioned, you know, like, is all of this stuff that I've been learning and speaking about and sharing about the universe has your back and trust and, you know, take leaps of faith. Like, is that real? Am I being revealed an instance that is teaching me that I'm a fool, that that's not actually true, that, that that's not, that you can't actually trust that you thought that this was perfect for you, that this was in such alignment that the universe was giving you exactly what you needed and then it all just got taken away. So like, what is that? I, I really started to question those beliefs in that moment. And which is why I bring up this story, because I think it's such a perfect example of what you've asked about um, choosing to trust anyway, right? Of like, I actually have no freaking clue what's going on right now. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm unemployed. I'm confused. I'm lost. I thought I was on my path. I thought that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And now I know nothing. I I know absolutely nothing. Right. And so I had to go back to teaching English, had to find another job in a school. And it felt like such a step backwards. Like it was very confusing, but it was also the thing that pushed me to share more and step more into myself online and write more and show up more and just create something of my own. And so that experience was without a doubt, the catalyst to me building my own business. Even though I didn't turn around in one month and say, I'm a business owner. Now I have my business. Obviously there was a journey to that. And I had to go back to teaching while I was building that. But if that had not happened, I wouldn't have had the same level of fire under my butt to get myself in gear and figure out what it was that I wanted to do. And so I know now that that moment was such a blessing in disguise of like, you're meant for more than this. You're not a behind the scenes type of girl. You're not a helper. You're not an assistant. You're the teacher. And I need to take this away from you so that you can fully step into that. I love it. I love it. So good. And I think what's so good about that is that you're really honest about doubting everything because I think it's all about what you make it mean, isn't it? And I think there can be this toxic positivity where we're sort of like, it's fine. I'm really happy. It'll work out. But the reality is, however far down this development journey you are, we all have those moments where we doubt everything. And I think it's really important to normalize that and to allow both things to exist at the same time. You can both doubt everything and question and ask, but you can also at the same time believe things are still possible and that, and that there is another way for you. So thank you for sharing that. It's really, really valuable. So, and I think a lot of people will relate as well, because the last 18 months, particularly in the wellness industry, you know, people that were in-person practice or they didn't have an online business at all, 
you know, everything, the rug was pulled under them almost instantly. So I'm sure many people will relate. So let's go back then to the business unfolding. I really liked what you said earlier about not being able to really know exactly when your business started. And what I was sort of hearing is at some point it was more of a, perhaps around this time, more of a hobby or more of a creative process, more of I'm just loving this, I'm enjoying this, I'm going to do it. And then it's evolved into a fully fledged business. So tell us about that tipping point, because I think there'll be many people listening to this that still feel they run hobbies as opposed to business. What changed for you? And, you know, what's the different mindset? How do you approach things differently now you feel you have a fully fledged business? Yeah, I think a couple things changed. So on like a tangible, pragmatic level was when my income started changing a lot. And I was like, this is, this is sustainable. You know, like this, this is, this is, this could be a business now because I don't need another job. So there's that um, for sure. And then I think there's an energetic switch that we make in ourselves of really kind of breaking through that initial, maybe imposter syndrome that happens when you first start a business or you start teaching something or offering something and you just, you feel like a newbie because you are. (laughs) And then there's a point where you really kind of make this energetic switch of, of sitting in, in the, in the teacher seat and feeling like, no, like I, I have something really, really valuable and important to offer. And I know the value of my work. I think that's a really important switch that happens when you stop becoming, you know, running your business like a hobby versus running it like a company is when you're like, no, 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 no. But like the shit is valuable. Like it's not, it's not a game. It's not, I'm not going to let people walk all over me. I'm not going to let my clients choose my prices or my hours or any of that stuff. Like like I know what I have to offer here and I know that it's really special and really valuable and it's life-changing. So this is what it is. Here's the boundaries, right? It's that energetic switch in your own energy of like, I know what I have to offer. And did you find that hard? I know you've spoken a bit on social media recently about sort of money manifestation and you know relationships with money. And I imagine from the world you came from, you were operating under somebody else's pricing. And then when you were teaching, you didn't have to worry about any of the financial side of things. Has that been quite a gradual process for you? Or were you straight out the gate with good, with a good money mindset and with good money boundaries? So I think, yeah, like money mindset is one of my favorite things to talk about. I love it. And I definitely am. I just, I think it's important to preface all money conversations, recognizing that I'm a person of extreme privilege with the, you know, with the way that I look with where I was raised with the country that I was born in the color of my skin, the fact that I fit into uh, standard beauty ideals, like all of this is a, a head start. So that's important to recognize that I have immense uh, amount of privilege um, in life. I'm, I'm well-educated, right? I have supportive parents. So all of these things obviously assist me in reaching levels of success that I've, that I've gotten to. So just want to say that first of all. Um, but so in terms of my money mindset, I never would have questioned what my relationship to money was because I didn't have anything that stood out to me as alarming or problematic for me to be like, Oh, maybe there are some subconscious blocks in here to money. Right. I, lived a very good life. I always had everything that I needed. 
Um, and so I think that's the case for a lot of people are, we can argue, right. Mm, my life was fine. If I didn't grow up in, in poverty or whatever, if I didn't have to worry about what I was going to eat next, but the more we dig into money mindset, the more that we recognize that none of that actually matters. Money mindset isn't, um, isn't for you based on your level of income or the level of income of your family. When you grew up, it's, it's for everybody because you could live in a family with extreme levels of wealth and have really toxic money mindsets embedded in that as well. Um, you can witness things in fidelity or lying or, you know, problems with the law or tax evasion, or, you know, you can witness lots of other things happening that are also going to negatively impact your view of what happens to people when they come into wealth or lots of money, right? So it's not about the level of money. And so for me, um, I, I wouldn't, I, I felt that I lived a very ordinary life and I never had anything stand out to me as like super problematic around money. But luckily I was in getting into the personal development space and you know, in that space, there's a lot of conversation around money and mindset. And so reading these books and listening to these speakers and digging into it more, I was able to kind of unpack, even though I lived a very safe and secure and beautiful childhood, there are certain mindsets that my parents carried or that the world passed along to me that I don't want to continue to perpetuate, that I actually don't think are to my benefit to choose to believe, right? And so having to switch those beliefs out for something more powerful. I think one that a lot of people can really relate to that's just super common is like you have to work extremely hard and be willing to make sacrifices in order to make a lot of money. And of course, we know taking action and working hard is important, but there is a point where this becomes a detriment to us. There is a point where we run ourselves into the ground or we find ourselves in burnout or we don't know how to take care of ourselves or we don't know how to rest, especially if you're a business owner, because you think that you have to constantly be blood, sweat, tears in order to get the financial results that you want. So that's just an example of maybe one that shows up commonly for a lot of us, regardless of, of where you come from. Yeah, I agree with you. And I've had moments where, you know, I've built out a team in both of my businesses and I've been somewhere like on holiday and I'll be thinking I should be doing something. You get like twitchy and you realize that that's the whole point. The whole point is you get to a point where you feel supported, which sort of makes me feel like we've come back around to our original conversation around the alignment and the action, around the trusting, around the co-creative process. So do you believe money manifestation works? Yes. Short answer. Yes. Manifestation is widely misunderstood. And when we come to understand that manifestation, again, like we were talking about, is this co-creation, it involves us. It requires action. It requires you to do something. Then we can kind of take this mysticism out of it of like, oh, I'm just going to pray or meditate or, you know, burn some sage and sit in a circle of crystals and then money is going to fall from the sky for me. Um, you know, maybe some people listening think that that's what money manifestation is referring to. And so for that reason, they're like, this is a bunch of malarkey, you know, like obviously not. Right. But so understanding manifestation is important in for us to choose whether we believe money manifestation to be real or not. So with my understanding of manifestation and my definition of understanding, uh, my definition of manifestation, which is 
building clarity around what it is that you want, getting in vibrational alignment with that thing, being an embodiment of the type of person that would have that and be able to operate at that level, trusting in yourself and in the universe that you will receive it, believing it to be true before you can see it and taking aligned action in order to make it happen. Those are my five steps for manifestation. Understanding it in that way makes me undoubtedly hundred percent say, yes, it works because I've used it in my life. I get clear about my financial goal. I get in vibrational alignment. I start becoming the person that would be able to manage that level of money. That's really important, right? Is, are my bank accounts set up to know what the heck to do if I were to receive an injection of a hundred thousand dollars, right? Becoming the person that would be able to know what to do and operating from that level, trusting that I will receive it, that it's possible for me, believing in the goal, right? Believing, yes, I can be a six-figure coach. I can be a millionaire. I can be whatever it is that I want to be, right? And then taking action, right? So operating in my business, sharing my offers, unapologetically presenting the beautiful things that I have to share with my clients or people that want to work with me, getting in alignment with my pricing, right? Taking all of those actions, And then it it comes through, it it comes through every time, right? But it's not a magical um, process in and of itself. There's magic, I believe in it, Mm -hmm. but it also involves us. Yeah, I hear you. And I think it is important that we demystify it because I think that there are still a lot of narratives that will, that promote the idea that it does just drop in if you have the right alignment tools or whatever. I look over there because I've got about six card decks over there but yeah I mean it's definitely especially with Instagram right it's sort of like you'll see that visual of the person and the candle and the ceremony and again coming back to what we said at the beginning it removes the personal responsibility and the belief that I don't need to do anything if I if I just get into alignment enough if I just do enough meditation that finally it will drop in so what I just want to quickly circle back to there is in that process which I love what I'm thinking is your life and the choices that you've made have made you step into quite expansive environments. So you've moved, you've um, traveled by the sounds of it. So how important do you feel this five-step practice is to take sort of off of the journal, off of the just thinking about it and actually start stepping into expansive environments. I said to you that I just come back from Ibiza and we had this incredible week and it really reminded me of how important stepping into an environment that makes you feel you personally is different from everyone expansive is a huge part of business of being that visionary of calling in that next up level. So how important has that been for you? So important. And I think it's something that I always have to come back to and remind myself of. It's this this embodiment piece, right? Of being the living embodiment of your message, of your brand, of what you're selling or promoting or sharing with the world. And also just being an embodiment of what you desire for yourself, right? So whatever that looks like to the individual listening, whether it's freedom, adventure, fun, being carefree, like any of those adjectives that kind of come through for you, you want to start to think about like, how can I actually do that? How can I actually be that? Right. And a lot of times, like you're saying, it is 
related to our environment because our environment, uh, whether it's physical or mental or whatever, there's lots of different elements to our environment, but our environment is so influential in our personal energy in our personal frequency and our vibration of how we move through the world and how we feel, right? Like I'm sure you could feel when you were on your trip, like this, just this feeling of, of, of expansiveness, of gratitude, of like, this is my life of like, this is why I do what I do. I love this so much. I'm feel so alive right now. I feel so present, like, yes. So finding ways to manipulate your environment, even if it's just in your home or in your office, uh, but also doing things like traveling, if that's something that resonates for you to, to give yourself those injections uh, and those reminders and those, those frequencies of this is the person that I'm becoming. This is the brand that I'm building. This is the message that I'm living. I think it's immensely important. I love that. And I'm really hearing this idea of just embodying the vision. You know, I think sometimes we can think of business as something quite separate, but actually it's in everything we do, especially when we do this sort of really purpose-driven work. And what I found for me is, you know, having that now visual in my mind in that trip, it goes way beyond that week because I'm now able to go there in my mind. I'm now able to access that feeling, activate that frequency, visualize that expansive environment that I was in and sort of bring it back into my everyday work so yeah the value keeps on giving thank you so much for joining us thank you 